Thanks for joining us today on our online campus as you get ready to hear another message from Evangel. We ask that you prepare your heart and let God speak to you in your life. And if God has been using this ministry to touch your life, we ask you that you send us an email at etag.tv and also worship through giving uh, to help support this ministry so that others can hear messages just like this one all around the world.
foundation of human civilization. I began to study fire, and uh, my son-in-law is a fireman, and they're at the fire station right now, and they've got the television on and watching, so I want to explain some things to those firemen in that station that are watching about fire. Amen. There are few things that are vital to the survival of life. When you get into a survival situation, you want to be able to produce and maintain fire. A number of things happen through fire, and you can find all of these as you study fire and get a definition for fire, but number one, fire provides warmth and heat. Fire gives us light. It is a signal to those that would be looking for us. Fire enables cooking. It eliminates harmful bacteria. Fire is used in protection. Fire, even according to the definition you can find in the dictionary, has psychological benefits. Fire provides propulsion, as we saw last Sunday night. Fire is the rapid oxidization of a material in the exothermic chemical process. Now, to you firemen here this morning and watching, there are three elements to fire, and I know you wouldn't have got through fire school if you didn't know this. But there is oxygen, there is heat, and there is fuel. All three must be present to have fire. I want you to watch this because there are tremendous spiritual parallels to this. You take any one of those away and you will not have fire. You have to have oxygen, you have to have heat, and you have to have fuel. Fire can be extinguished by taking away any one of those three elements. Fire very early on became important in the worship of our God. God revealed himself as by fire. But even before Genesis 15, God is already seen in the scriptures being denoted as a God of fire. In Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve had to leave the garden because of their sin. What did God station in front of the garden to protect the garden and never allow man to enter the garden again? Nothing other than an angel with a flaming, a fiery sword. And God was showing something to mankind very early, even after the coming out of the garden, that he was a God of the fire. In Genesis chapter 4, God is revealing fire even through the appropriate sacrifices, what was blessed and condoned by God and what was not condoned by God. Remember the story of Cain killing Abel? He killed his brother because his sacrifice was not honored and his brother's sacrifice was honored. Let's look at the two sacrifices. Cain's sacrifice was of the produce and he offered that to God and God rejected that sacrifice. Abel, however, offered an animal sacrifice, and God blessed, which the animal sacrifices, part of the, uh, the offering of the animal sacrifices was they were to be burnt with fire. And God blessed Abel's sacrifice. God says to Cain, if you do what's right, if you offer the right sacrifice in your worship, I will be pleased with your worship also. But Cain, because he was jealous over his brother's offering being accepted and his being rejected, he did not offer an animal sacrifice by fire before God. 
Where did fire come from? I believe that in the days of creation, God established fire and he gave fire to mankind. We have it very early on with the Garden of Eden and, and, and then uh, succeeding verses and scriptures and passages. But I believe it had to have happened with the days of creation. Where are we headed with this? I want to show you that God is a God of the fire. That he is truly the fire God. I went to Wikipedia because I began to look at uh, gods of fire. And I, I began to remember some of the things that I've heard uh, in schooling and down through the years. That uh, there would be different fire gods that different civilizations would, uh, would serve. And if you go to Wikipedia, there are 37 pages of different fire gods that have been worshipped down through the history of mankind. Mankind has always needed and mankind has always wanted a God of fire. Man has always been willing to worship a fire God. And consequently there are 37 pages listing all the many different fire gods that have been worshipped down through the civilization of man. Go back to Genesis chapter 15 with me and look at this. Because God is establishing worship with Abram right here in this passage. And he's establishing a covenant that he never breaks but is still in effect today. And God says to Abraham, take a heifer, a she-goat, and a ram. And he divides these pieces on the altar. And he gets ready uh, to begin to sacrifice to God. He gets every, all the sacrifice ready. All of a sudden, look at verse 11. Fowls of the air begin to sweep down and try to steal Abraham's worship. Listen to me. There will always be the enemy of your worship wanting to steal worship out of your life. I'm going to say amen to myself right there. The devil does not want you to worship. God, the devil sent fowls of the air to try to devour Abraham's worship. And Abraham had to drive those fowls off. There's going to come a time when you can't allow the things of this world, the distractions of this life, to steal your worship of God. There's always going to be some fowls that want to detract you and take you and steal you away from the worship of God. But Abraham drove those fowls off and away from his sacrifice. I'm telling the church in 2014, as we draw near to the coming of Christ, don't be weary in well-doing. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Realize that your worship before God is more important today than it's ever been. And you can't allow, you can't allow the fowls to steal your worship. You know, there's certain bird creatures that I've never had an affinity for. I don't like buzzards. I don't like vultures. I don't like crows. I've watched crows, how they try to fly, and they'll, they'll find a, a mockingbird nest, and they'll try to fly in and steal those baby mockingbirds after they've been hatched out. But how many have ever seen a mother mockingbird scare off a big old ugly crow? I'm telling you with a tenacity, she will swoop back at that... that uh, that fowl that has come to devour her young 
she will swoop back and fight and you will see that mother mockingbird chasing that crow pecking at it as they're flying away you need to have the same tenacity at things that would come to steal your worship and keep you out of the house of God and keep you away from the presence of God Satan does not want you in the presence of God he does not want you worshiping God but you've got to have a made up mind I'm going to worship I'm going to be a worshiper nothing's going to steal my worship Abraham drove the fowls away. We've, we've had crows land on these buildings. I remember one time we had some crows set up on the cross out there. Dad and I went out and we, we were trying to shoo them away. Amen. We finally went out and got a BB gun. Amen. We drove those fowls away, those old crows away. There comes a time that you need to get a BB gun, a Holy Ghost BB gun, and you need to quote the Word of God, and you need to resist the devil when the devil comes to steal your worship and to steal your time and your quiet time in the... Listen, I don't know when you do your devotions, but I know one thing. You better be do your, doing your devotions. You better have a time alone with the Lord to worship God. It can't be a Sunday thing. It's got to be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You've got to worship. God you were created to worship he drove the fowls away God comes in verse 17 look at verse 17 after a revelation of, of the blessings of God coming to succeeding generations in verse 17 God reveals himself and there he has he symbolizes it by a smoking fire pot a smoking furnace this would be a cylinder-like thing that would have coals in it, and it would produce a, a smoke. And God reveals himself in the smoke and the fire. And then there's a burning torch, which would be a flaming lamp or a flaming torch. And God comes uh, there amongst the pieces of the sacrifice to show, uh, uh, to show Abraham some very spiritual important things, that he would be a guiding light in the coming generations. Let me tell you, follow the light, follow the fire. If there's ever been a time when you question what is God's will, where, where is God taking me, what does God want to do, follow the fire, follow the light. Where there's a torch of God's light, uh, an ember of his spirit moving, follow the fire, follow the light. God was showing to Abraham that his generations would go down into Egyptian bondage. But after 400 years, they would come out of Egypt and God would lead them eventually by a pillar of fire by night. It didn't just stop with Genesis 15. God throughout the scriptures is showing himself as a God of the fire. And at night... Every night when the children of Israel would look outside, they'd peep outside their tents. They could just worship God because there was a pillar of fire. I don't know what that looked like. I, I, I don't know how, you know, I've often tried to think about that. But it would, maybe it's something like the picture there with all those flames just, just devouring the heavens and the, the heavens on fire. But when they looked outside their tent at night, it says there was a pillar of fire. God was showing, follow the fire. Follow the light. Somebody say amen. amen. Moses came to the burning bush and God revealed himself at the burning bush in a pillar of fire in a bush that was not consumed. Everyone, please go to 1 Kings chapter 11 because I want to show you something very important. Man has always wanted a fire God. Man's always, you need a fire God in your life. 
What you've been lacking, what you've been missing is a fire God. You were created to have a fire God. And what happened with Solomon over the last two weeks, we have studied the life of Solomon over the last two Sundays. And we've looked at how Solomon built the temple, how Solomon had the glory of God on his life. He, he had a close encounter with God and, and God's anointing, and he became so blessed and so prosperous. America, listen up. A nation, listen up. We have been blessed by God. We have been prospered under the mighty hand of God. God's goodness has been upon this nation. Dare we not forget it is God that has been good to America. We must on this holiday weekend as we celebrate 238 years, we must give all praise to God for the blessings to America. But what happened with Solomon, he got to be 50 years of, old, of age. 50 years of age. He got old. Two of the ladies in the early service came up to me after uh, the first sermon along this line. They said, Pastor, said you called us old. No, I didn't call you old. God called you old if you're 50. Is it Solomon was 50 and God said, Solomon, you're old. And the point he was trying to make was in his affluence, in his blessings, he lost his passion for God. He lost the fire of God in his life. He lost the touch of God upon his life. And because he lost the fire of God, he began to look for other gods. When you lose the passion for God, when you lose the passion for, and the fire of God in your life, you will have to have another fire God. And you will fill that void in your life with some other fire. Why are so many Americans passionate about other things other than God, other than church, other than the, uh, the ways of God? Why are they passionate? Because they do not know God. They've lost their God. They have forgotten the fire of God that once burned brightly and powerfully in their lives. And God is calling to a nation to turn back to the true fire God. But Solomon, he became, according to verse 1 of 1 Kings chapter 11, he allowed all of the strange women into his life. And because of that, he embraced their gods. Solomon went after Milcom in 1 Kings 11 verse 5. That is the same God as Molech. Both of these verses, verse 5 and verse 7, declare that this God of the Ammonites, and I want you to watch this. I'm going to show you something that's going to give some real revelation here in just a minute. God says it's an abomination before me. God says, Solomon, what you're doing is an abomination. You are embracing Molech, the God of the Ammonites. Now go back to Deuteronomy Everyone look at Deuteronomy 23. This was, I saw this this week. I had forgot this was in the scriptures. And God showed me this in the word this week. Amen. Deuteronomy 23. God said concerning the Ammonites and the Moabites. Concerning both of these people groups. Because of your embracement of idolatry and because of your sin, you will never enter the congregation of the righteous. You will never go into my temple, even to your 10th generation. Now here is Solomon embracing, he knows the Torah. Solomon knows the word of God. We just read how important it was to obey the word of God in Deuteronomy 28. Solomon knew Deuteronomy 23. He knew that if he embraced the God of Ammon, 
and the God of Moab? That this was an abomination? And yet because he was not being heard by... When your prayers start bouncing off of the ceiling, you will embrace another God. The psalmist said, if you regard iniquity in your life, if you allow sin to come into your heart, the psalmist says, the Lord will not listen to your prayers. And because Solomon no longer was passionate about the presence of God, about the glory of God, God was not listening to Solomon. I'm showing you what happened in Solomon's downfall here. Solomon began to embrace other gods. When your God won't do because he's not listening because of your sin, you've got to have a fertility God. You've you got to have a God of war and you've got to have a God of fire. When you realize these civilizations, they didn't just embrace one God, they had to embrace many gods because see, one God won't do when you don't have Jehovah God. Hallelujah! You'll need a fertility God and that goddess Ashtaroth was all about the blessings and the favor of God. It, it, it was about fertility, being productive. I want to tell you, when you embrace Jehovah God, all you need is Him. You don't need Ashtaroth. You don't need a fertility God because you've got the Lord God that blesseth thee. Coming in and going out, He blesses thee. But when you don't have Jehovah God, you need a war God. For when those that rise up against you, you can't call on Jehovah. So you need a war God, Chemosh. And so he needed a fire God. He needed a God of passion, a God of desire, a God that was burning with fire in his life because the Lord God was no longer I'm telling you America doesn't need a multiplicity of gods what we need to get back to is the God of this book the God of the Holy Word of God Solomon embraced all of these gods and Deuteronomy 23 I want everybody to look at this beginning with verse 3 an Ammonite or Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord even to their tenth generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. He tells why in verse 4, and I want you to watch this because you never want to commit these sins. Verse 4, this is the Torah. This is what God spoke on Mount Sinai. Because they met you not with bread and water in the way when you came forth out of Egypt. You know what God was saying, the Ammonites and the Moabites? When Israel was coming through the wilderness... The Moabites and the Ammonites refused to take care of them. And then, not only did they not take care of them, you, you wonder, why did God pronounce such a harsh, harsh judgment to the 10th generation? They didn't take care of Israel in the wilderness, and they tried to curse Israel. Listen up, church. We better bless what God says bless. The Ammonites and the Moabites to this day stand as a testimony down through history of civilization that God says, I will bless them that bless thee and I will curse them that curse thee. They would never be allowed into the house of worship because they refused to bless Israel, bless the people of God. But I want you to watch something. Acts chapter 7 verse 38 called them while they were in their wilderness wandering, called them the church in the wilderness. That's actually in the book of Acts. They were called the church. So the church didn't actually start on the day of Pentecost or with Christ setting up. There was already the church in the wilderness according to Acts 7, 38. You know what God is saying? 
we better refuse to touch the things that God says don't touch. And we better bless the things that God says bless. And God was very clear. Listen, I'm going to bless the church. Amen. I am going to pronounce blessings over the church. Jesus isn't coming for a half-hearted bride. My Bible says he's coming for a, a, a glorious bride without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. He's not coming for a beat-up bride. He's not coming for a beat-down bride. He's coming for a people that are holy and watching unto the coming of the Lord. Don't attack the church, but rather bless the church. Speak blessings. The Ammonites and the Moabites learned a valuable lesson in history. And Solomon, however, embraces both of their gods. The god of the Ammonites was Molech, the god of fire. And you know what was known about the god of fire? They sacrificed children. Watch this. Watch what Solomon does. He builds an altar. Here's the man that knew the glory of God. He goes right outside of Jerusalem or in the Hinnon Valley there and builds an altar of worship to Molech. An altar that, where they sacrifice children. Listen to me, church. If we're not careful, we'll lose the touch of God upon our lives and our children will be sacrificed on an altar right where the glory and the presence of God used to be in our lives. Molech was the God of fire. It was the God where they were sacrificing children. I, I dare say that in America today, we've offered our children to unholy sacrifice, sacrificial gods. We've offered our children on the altar of sacrifice at the means of, of convenience, at the means of entertainment, at the means of, of what feels good. Uh, we've created an environment where our children are being sacrificed to the God of the Ammonites. We've built altars in America to this God of the Ammonites. And it, God says in his word concerning Solomon, he was angry with Solomon over this. We need to embrace this generation. We need to love this generation of young people today. We need to believe God for revival in this generation, not sacrifice them on an altar to Molech. God, help us to cry out for the salvation of our sons and daughters. Sacrifice to the gods of, of Ammon and to Moab. And they built that altar. Do you know that the smallest percent of this young generation are going to church of any generation in American history. This young generation that's alive today, 30 and under, the smallest percent of that age group are going to church than any generation in American history. Why? Because we've sacrificed that generation. We've built our altars to all kinds of an entertainment and all kinds of, of, of things. That, and I'm not preaching against sports. I'm not preaching against a, a lot of the things that Christians can enjoy. But when that becomes your passion and that thing begins to rob you of your worship and no longer is your praise more valuable uh, than a sports meeting or, or some form of entertainment, your worship has been stolen by a fowl of the air. And God is calling the church to come back to the altar of Jehovah God. I'm telling you, there's only going to be heavenly fire fall on one altar. Not many altars. God in the book of Deuteronomy said, you're going to take your worship to a lot of different altars. And he said, I'm not going to honor your worship. He said, there's only one place I'm going to sanctify and bless your worship. And bless your sacrifice. Listen. Let's offer our worship to Jehovah God. Amen. 
America needs to run home to her God. Abraham Lincoln, on April the 30th, 1863, penned these words. It was a prayer, actually, that he prayed, and these words were recorded from his prayer. We have been the recipients of the choice bounties of heaven as a nation. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our own hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. We have become intoxicated with unbroken successes. We have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. Too proud to pray to the God that made us who we are today. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before God, to confess our national sins, to pray for clemency and forgiveness. So prayed Abraham Lincoln on April 30th, 1863. Solomon's fire for God waned in his life, and he embraced passions. I want the worship team to come. He embraced passions for other gods. If you do not keep the fire of God kindled in your spirit, I'm calling you to stir up and fan into flame. I know enough about building fires to know that you can take some embers that overnight most of the fuel is gone and you can add the right amount of fuel and you can begin to blow on those embers. You can put a little fat lighter in there and you can begin to blow. Given the right amount of oxygen with some heat source that's already there and with a little added fuel all of a sudden, the flame will burst into being. And I've done that time and time again in my fireplace at home. And it reminds me that the church is a burning ember. God didn't mean for the church in the last days to have its light or its fire go out. But we've embraced a culture that has a multiplicity of fire gods. If your passion doesn't stay red hot for God, other passions will grow. Other passions will take over. Your passion for, for drugs, for alcohol, for sex, if you do not keep the passion for Jesus, that passion burning, I'm telling you, there's a fire God out there. There is a God that created fire and there's a God that's going for all of eternity live in the fire. And you need to choose the God that created the fire and sends holy fire. There's ungodly fire. There's unrighteous fire. There's wayward fire. I'll show you there's strange fire before the Lord. We want the holy fire. John the Baptist stood up and he pointed his finger at a generation and he said, the one that's coming after me is going to baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The church has lost the fire. I want everybody to stand and please stay with me for just a moment. On the day of Pentecost, what was one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit in the upper room? Tongues of fire sat upon each 
one of them, every one of them. I am praying, you know, I've read a lot about revivals of history, and I've read a lot about other Pentecostal groups. And there were those that taught in a second definite work of receiving the Spirit as being fire baptized. You know, there's a lot of truth to what they were teaching. Because when you lose the fire of the Holy Ghost in your life, that is, that is the fuel, that's, that's the empowerment, that's the win. You're going to look for other fuel sources. You're going to look for other, the other passions are going to begin to take place in your life. We've got to have the Holy Ghost. John said he would baptize you with the Holy Ghost and, everybody say fire. Everybody say fire. Now, it is illegal to yell fire in a public assembly, so I don't want to, I want everybody to know there is not a natural fire in this building. Amen. We've had the fire marshal out here a lot of times in the last couple of weeks getting ready for these fireworks. Amen. I know what we're supposed to do and not supposed to do. Amen. So I don't want to yell the wrong word in the wrong way and anybody misunderstand. Amen. Let's say Holy Ghost fire. I want you to slip up your hands and welcome Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost fire. It'll burn up. It'll consume the other passions. Other passions won't stay in America with Holy Ghost fire falling. Come, fire of God. Burn up the dross. Burn up the chaff. Consume us with your presence. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us of the idols and the graven images. Forgive us of Molech. We will not sacrifice our children to Molech, the God of fire. God of heavenly fire, touch our children. God of heavenly fire, touch our children, touch our young people, touch this generation. I want everybody to lift your hands and cry out to the God of fire to visit us. Come on, cry out to the God of fire to visit us. Cry out to the God of fire to visit us. Let a renewed passion for the, for the things of God and the things of the Spirit fill your life. Hallelujah. listen to me the things that you set before your children while they're growing up will become the passions of their life the things that we do as parents in moderation they will do in excess in just a couple of years let them be passionate about Jesus passionate about the presence of God passionate for the things of God let the fire of God I want, I want what Isaiah had the angel to take the coal from off of the altar of God and touch the lips of this generation and fill this generation with heavenly Holy Ghost fire in this hour. Come on, one more time. Slip your hands up and let's pray for that fire to fall. Fresh fire, fresh wind. The fire of God fall upon the houses of worship in America, the churches across this nation. Be filled with the fire of God, a passion for God, a passion for the things of God. Lord, we're not content 
with what this world offers. It, God, it avails nothing. Oh, Lord, visit us. Visit us in this hour. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you need your passion for Christ to go up another level, I want you to make your way to this altar right now. I want our prayer workers and altar workers to please come. If there's a spiritual need in your life, I want you to make your way right now to this altar. If there's a spiritual need, come to the front right now. If you've been struggling with passions from the world, I want you to make your way to this front right now. Come on, if the devil's been putting some other passions in your life, if there's a God of Molech that has been coming against your home and a God of Molech that has been gaining entrance into your family, I want you to come to this altar right now to deny that God. To deny the God of Molech, the God of fire. I had five different fire gods I was going to give you definition of and talk to you about them, but we haven't got that far yet. But every continent on the earth has embraced different fire gods. I want you to embrace the true and living Jehovah God, Yahweh God. Come on, if you're struggling, if you're a backslider, I'm calling you right now. If you're a backslider and you've lost the fire and touch of God, I invite you to come to this altar right now. Come on, do what these are doing right now. Come on, obey the Holy Ghost. Friends, there's a fire about to hit this sanctuary in just a moment. Come on, the fire of God's about to fall in this house. And God's calling you. If you're a backslider, come home right now. Come, the Spirit and the Bride says come. If you're a backslider, I invite you to come right now. Move from where you're standing. Move from where you're at. Come, run to this altar immediately if you're a backslider. If you've never been saved, you've never given your life to Christ, I invite you to come. If you're not sure that you're saved, I want you to come right now. Move from where you're standing, from all over this room, up in the balcony. Come on. Come on. Come. Come. If you don't know that Jesus is Lord, come. I need some more prayer workers down here. I need some more altar workers. Come on. Come on. If you don't know that Jesus is Lord. Come on. Slip your hands up now all over this room and pray for fresh fire, fresh wind, fresh Holy Ghost anointing.
you to take the hand of a person standing beside you all across this room right now. They're on the online campus. I want you to grab somebody's hand right now. I want us to pray, oh God, America needs the fire to fall, to consume the idols, the idolatry of this land. God is not pleased with the false idols. God's not pleased with the graven images. Either we deny those false gods or we entertain and we welcome them. I want us to pray against them and I want us to pray America will be free of her idolatry and the graven images. Father, visit this nation. Come on, everybody pray over America. Forgive us, oh God, for the, the, how we have embraced Molech. We've embraced Ashtaroth. We've embraced Chemosh and the many other, the myriad of gods. We've embraced false religions, oh Lord. We have embraced... Uh, Father, the, uh, we've had all these strange gods brought into our lives, oh Lord. The God of pleasure, the God of me. Lord, we've become meistic so that we're serving the God of me. And today we denounce those gods. We worship the only true, the only God, Jehovah, Jehovah. We worship Jehovah. We declare that Jesus is Lord. Come on, you've got to make a profession of faith. We've got to declare that Jesus is Lord over this city and over this nation, over our families. Don't embrace a fire God over your family. Profess Jesus is Lord over your family. Hallelujah. Do you know what Joshua was doing when he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? He was prophesying over his succeeding generations, over his children, his grandchildren. His lineage. I, I want us to prophesy over our families right now. I want everybody to lift your hands. And I want you to, to declare before God, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord alone. Come on, prophesy. Prophesy over your family. Prophesy over your children, your grandchildren. Your grandchildren are not going to serve the devil. Your grandchildren are not going to serve Molech. Send down the fire and let the fire of the Holy Ghost consume this nation. sister is saying for the parents to watch what your children are watching on television there are all kinds of gods being proposed in cartoons be careful what your children are embracing we don't want strange gods 
Somebody needs to repent because your family has embraced a strange God. It will be pleasing before the Lord if you have embraced Chemosh or if you have embraced Molech or if you have embraced Ashtaroth or any of the other gods to humble yourself and to repent before the Lord. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, saith the Lord. Yea, he says, I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers to the fourth and fifth generations. If you will repent, if you have embraced a false God, if you will repent before the Lord and confess that, God will be merciful and gracious. If you need to come to this altar right now, every person that's embraced a false God at some point in time, and you've not denied that God, you need to come make repentance and confession before God. Come on, if you've embraced a false God at some point, before that takes root, before that takes root, come repent. Everybody say, Jesus is Lord. We declare that. We repent of idolatry. We repent of any form of idolatry. Lord, we declare over this nation, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That no man comes unto the Father but through him. I want you to raise your hands. I want you to just begin to praise Jesus now and just begin to worship Jesus. We've built an altar. And we've laid our sacrifices on it today. We've built our altar to Jehovah, to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The fire's coming to your home. The fire's coming to your family. Children that have walked away are coming home. A nation that has strayed is coming back to Jehovah God. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Consuming. Everybody singing. 